I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham. Your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Today's podcast episode following yet another Jets defeat where they lose in Las Vegas 12-16. to The team fails to record a touchdown again. The offense is putrid at getting into the end zone. They continue to shoot themselves in the foot, a phrase that we have heard way too many times in the past few weeks. And the Jets go to 4-5. and five. So they're still in the playoff race, absolutely, but they are falling further and further behind. And they just came off two really winnable games against the Chargers and definitely the Raiders. And they're in a tough spot right now. I think there's a lot of negativity surrounding this team that was at one point on a three-game winning streak, looking like the playoffs were back on. And then just a few weeks later, we're sitting here wondering if this season's going to be looking towards the draft in the near future. So we got a lot to get to in this one. I'm going to make this an abbreviated episode um, just because, you know, there's not much to be said about this game that wasn't said last week. It was a very, very similar game in terms of the defense playing great, the offense struggling. I really went into detail on what the offense can do to try to fix it and what I think the issues are. I don't think any of that has changed. So we're going to kind of move through this one pretty quickly. And because of that, I'm going to incorporate the Bills preview to this podcast. So it's going to be the Raiders review, quickly talking offense, defense, and special teams. I'm going to do a father time, briefly touch on the AFC, and then do a Bills preview. Get out of here move on from this Raiders game, and hope that there are greener days ahead. 
So that means that I'm not going to do a Thursday morning episode. It's all going to be in this all-encompassing Tuesday edition. So before I begin, I need to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. I appreciate all of the reviews and, and likes and subscriptions and everything I get. And then also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. If you want to look for more negative thoughts at this point in time, it's not been uh, super positive. Trying to stay optimistic, trying to keep people afloat here as the Jets navigate this season. But obviously it's becoming more and more difficult to defend this team as we see this continued struggle. So let's talk about the offense and what the hell is going on. Um, this game was a little bit different than last week where this week Zach Wilson was effective and he actually played, in my opinion, an average to above average game. 23 of 39, 263 yards. He took a really bad, um, threw a really bad interception at the end of the game to Robert Spillane, which was a great play by Spillane. That's a really good player that I highlighted last week as being an, a difference maker for that defense. He makes that big interception, basically wins the game for the Vegas Raiders on that one. But other than that, Zach was moving the ball down the field. He was only sacked two times. It was only for six yards. He ran the ball well, four rushes for 54 yards. And honestly, he was an inch away from diving for the pylon, getting the Jets the touchdown, probably the only points they needed to win that game. Fell just short, but I liked what I saw from Zach. He was chucking the ball around. He was hitting Garrett Wilson. He was hitting Tyler Conklin, gave the Jets a chance at the end of the game, ran the ball when he could, didn't make a bunch of mistakes, and he outplayed Aiden O'Connell. Zach Wilson definitely played a better game overall. Then O'Connell, and you would expect that because O'Connell's playing in his you know third start ever. He's a fourth-round rookie, but still, I think we were able to see a performance from Zach that would win a lot of football games if your defense plays great. But the issues with the Jets has been penalties and just really, really bad mistakes. And there were some horrible ones in this one. C.J. Uzama had a really bad hold that negated the touchdown the Jets desperately, desperately needed. He made a couple other mistakes in this one. I'm honestly kind of at my end with C.J. Uzama and what he brings to this team. But the penalties, eight penalties for over 80 yards in this game. We had more than 60 yards of extra penalty yardage the Raiders didn't have. And it's not just having 60 yards of additional penalty yardage. It's about when they come. It's about finally getting into the red zone or being on the 30-yard line about to score and taking a 10-yard penalty or having a delay a game or a false start when the Jets are so desperately trying to score, and they're able to pick up a couple nice chunk plays to get down the field, across the 50, get Zach Wilson looking towards the end zone, and everything falls apart at that time. I don't know if the team is panicking. I don't know if they're not comfortable being in that situation. If the play calling changes because they're getting there and it's causing the players to mentally collapse, Zach Wilson becomes a little bit more conservative, not willing to throw the ball you know, 30 yards like he is from his own 20. He likes to chuck it downfield to get to midfield. And then it all goes to freaking hell in a handbasket. And thank God Greg Zerline kicks as well as he does because he's able to get the Jets 12 points. But it still wasn't enough in this one. 12 points is not going to win a lot of weeks. You'd think the way the defense played against the Raiders, maybe this week it would. But they get that one touchdown drive, 16 total points, and we can't match it. And it's just so frustrating to be wasting the defensive unit that we have right now. We have such a freaking unit. We have two of the best cornerbacks in football. Jordan Whitehead continues to make plays. We've got a defensive line that is as good as any line in the entire league at sending four and getting pressure. They stop the run pretty well, too, and we have two of the most fun and electric linebackers in football. The best slot cornerback, potentially, in football. 
but still it's getting wasted because we play these teams. We only allow 10 to 20 points, if that, and still win or barely win. We barely beat the New York Giants. We couldn't beat the Chargers, who we suffocated. And nothing against the Raiders here. And you would just think that with the weapons that we have, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and Tyler Conklin, just those three guys, that Zach Wilson would be able to find a touchdown accidentally every once in a while, a big missed tackle. And we were getting that early in the season, a couple nice big Garrett Wilson touchdowns, a couple Brees Hall runs that were scoring touchdowns, and that was what was catapulting the Jets to victories. And we were kind of mesmerized by it and just kind of thinking, hey, you were playing pretty well. Who's no? Who knows if, if we didn't get that 50-yard touchdown, we may have driven down the field anyway and gotten those points. But I think we've realized it's been like 30, 40 drives since the Jets have scored a touchdown, and uh, I don't know when it's going to come. I do know that this defense is going to score points at times. I know that special teams is going to put up big points for the Jets and put them in good positions. Maybe more safeties upcoming. But we have to find a way to consistently score. Zach Wilson has to keep doing what he was doing in this game. Throw the ball, trust his receivers, run the ball when he can. 54 rushing yards is fantastic. Keep doing stuff like that. But somehow, someway, this team has to clean this shit up so the offense can perform. And get the points that we need. We don't need many. We just need a good, clean drive, especially when we get down to those zones. So I'm really frustrated with the offense. Zach Wilson, we've talked about it at nauseum. There's a spectrum for him. The high end is not super high. The low end is extremely low. In this game, he was on the higher end, which is, you know, for him, it's a very good game. For a normal quarterback, this is an average game. And that's what he played. When you look at the wide receivers in this one, Garrett Wilson's going to be player of the game on offense. I know he had a couple drops in this. They were plays that he's putting himself in position to make. He's not going to come down with every single one, but the fact that he even gets there and gets a chance on the ball, including that Hail Mary at the end of the game, that's what we're so impressed with. And then on top of that, when your offense isn't doing anything, you can feed him 14 targets. He gets nine catches for 93 yards, a nice long of 41. Garrett Wilson is continuously having great, great games every single week. Tyler Conklin could have been a runner-up for offensive player of the game. He had that really, really nice grab towards the end um, to give the Jets a chance. And then, of course, he uh, tipped the ball away from Garrett Wilson, you may say, at the end on the Hail Mary. Obviously not on purpose. He was trying to get a hand on the ball, tip it up. Anything you can do to keep that ball in the air and not let it get tipped down by a defender. So he was doing the right thing and leaning for it. But Garrett Wilson potentially had a play on that ball. And it would have been interesting to see if they could win on a Hail Mary there and just escape this thing with one crazy touchdown. Kind of the story of the Jets' year, it seems like. But when you look at the uh, the other receivers, I mean, Al Lazard targeted five times. He gets one catch, and the one catch he had, he bobbled, and it was messy and sloppy. It's hard to trust that guy right now. I know he's a pretty good run blocker when he doesn't get penalties, but he's not giving us anything. The offense is struggling, and he's not getting himself open consistently enough to make him an easy target. When he does finally get opportunities, drops it. It's kind of sucking. Um, I think Xavier Gibson is one of the bright spots on this team. He had a 24-yard catch. He's finding ways to slip into uh, openings in the field, come down with the ball, catching the ball in traffic, and holding on to it. So I'm pretty impressed with what he's doing because we really need output somewhere else. We're getting it from Garrett. We're getting it from Conklin. But everybody else on the offense is basically absent every single week. And Randall Cobb has been benched for a lack of performance. Mecole Hardman has been traded. The other receivers, Jason Brownlee, Irvin Charles, those are rookies. Malik Taylor, he's not a guy to be relied upon for the Jets. C.J. Uzoma and Jeremy Rucker are minimally involved in the offense. 
It's like someone's got to do something here. And Xavier Gibson the guy, is the guy that has stepped up into the offense and is getting a lot of snaps, a lot of opportunities, and at least he's coming down with the ball when it's thrown his way. Like I said, at tight ends, I'm, I'm very disappointed in C.J. Uzama. I'm starting to think that uh, his time here with the Jets should be up because he's making more mistakes than he's worth. He's a great guy, great personality, veteran. I thought he was going to be a really nice weapon for Aaron Rodgers, who would know how to use a tight end like that. But instead, he's just dropping Zach Wilson passes when we need touchdowns. I'll be at garbage time. I don't care. We need touchdowns. We need to get this monkey off our back. He's dropping easy catches. He's pulling other touchdowns away with holding penalties. And if he can't get his shit together, it's going to be hard for the Jets to score. I don't want him on the field when we get to the 30-yard line or the red zone because he's just killing this team. Talk about shooting ourselves in the foot. He's the one holding the gun a lot of the times. The running backs, it's uh, it was a good game for Dalvin Cook. You know, he had four carries for 26 yards, so his most efficient game, only four carries. Brees Hall, they continue to run up the middle, which I don't like. He's rushing extremely inefficiently right now. He's getting like 2.6 yards per carry this week, last week, the week before. When he doesn't get those big breakaways, his numbers don't look great, and they continue to give it to him up the middle where it's very difficult to get those breakaways. You're also running behind Xavier Newman, Joe Tipman, Max Mitchell on the right side a lot. It's not your strong side. I'd like to see them going outside, specifically to the left behind Mekhi Becton. I think they had a lot of success there. There's one of those plays where Brees Hall jumped up and need Amik Robertson in the head, which was a scary play for him. Glad he's okay. But that was a play to the to the left side, and there was a penalty on that play, so it came back. It was a hold on Lakin Tomlinson, I believe. Again, shooting ourselves in the foot, but you see what happens when they can get outside. That was the best run of Brees Hall's day. That would have been 12, 13-yard carry on that Mackay Becton side, strong side. Instead, he finishes this game with a long of 7, 28 rushing yards on 13 carries. He's still effective in the passing game. He had a 35-yard catch, finished with 3 for 47. So he's still an absolute weapon, still had good scrimmage yards and everything. But it's just not using him as efficiently and effectively as possible to run him up the middle like that time and time again. Dalvin Cook is better suited for that. Michael Carter hasn't stepped up this year and is basically only good for garbage time at this point in time. And my ask for this team is Izzy Awanaconda. This team needs a freaking fuel, some sort of extra ad on offense. Something's got to get going, and you could be the X factor there. As we've seen guys like Devon Achan in Miami kind of catapult an offense to higher levels. Well, Izzy Abinaconda needs to be that or has the opportunity to be that, but he needs to learn how to block, and that's the only reason he's not playing right now because Michael Carter is not helpful. And Izzy Abinaconda was drafted, obviously, with the intention to play, and they say that he's got a ton of talent, and we saw it in the preseason, but the reason he's not playing, as the coaches continue to say, is he doesn't know how to block. If you don't know how to block, we're not going to allow you to just sack Zach Wilson or get Zach Wilson sacked or hit or injured or fumbled or anything like that because you don't know what you're doing. Figure out your blocking schemes. Study it up. Work your butt off. Get on the field because we need to see if you can do something for this offense to electrify it. Somehow, some way, this offense has to get going because the defense is playing extremely well. We've got a bunch of great character guys, and this thing hasn't fallen apart yet. But at what point, to what end, do the Jets give up 16 points or 12 points week after week after week, not win the game, and stay positive in the locker room? This season is somewhat a throwaway. I mean, it feels like it now more than ever, but somewhat a throwaway because we're playing a backup quarterback in Zach Wilson. But for crying out loud, they got to 
they got to do something to get some positivity working in their direction so this thing doesn't fall apart. We don't get guys asking for trades, trying to leave, signing elsewhere. I mean, things were going well for us for a while, but one bad injury to the quarterback, and this is what can happen to a team. On the offensive line, Mekhi Becton is playing well. Lakin Tomlinson is playing all right. I want to give a big shout-out to Max Mitchell, who went up against Max uh, Crosby a lot in this game. And Max Crosby was by far the X factor for the Raiders. He came into this game with nine and a half sacks in the season. Nobody else in the Raiders had more than two. So this is a pass rush that is extremely reliant on Max Crosby's output. And I was extremely nervous that he was going to have a massive game against us after what we've seen from Micah Parsons, from Joey Bosa. But this week, instead of Billy Turner being at right tackle going against Joey Bosa, it's Max Mitchell at right, right tackle. Billy Turner is injured, getting hand surgery. So Xavier Newman is playing right guard. You shift Max Mitchell back out to right tackle where he's a little bit more comfortable. And he had a nice enough day. He didn't give up any sacks. Quarterback hurries, a few of them, a couple quarterback hits, but no sacks. And when you're going up against a guy as good as Max Crosby, you'll take that 10 times out of 10 with a backup tackle. So good job on him. Other than that, if we're going to run up the middle, we don't have the road graders. That's the thing. Like, you're playing Joe Tippman at center. He's definitely better at guard, I think, at being a road grader where you can get a little bit more involved in that aggressive blocking scheme instead of just alignments and then a snap and then get set. You can kind of go forward first. But with Tippman playing center and Newman playing right guard, they just don't have that, like, road grader style offensive line where they can just move the line of scrimmage right at the snap and then Brees Hall runs, you know, already has two yards picked up and then can decide if he's able to get outside or bounce something, break something, get big yardage there. That's not what's happening. He's hitting defenders at the line of scrimmage, not picking up big yardage, finishing the game with inefficient numbers, and it's putting us in difficult situations. So we got to figure something out with the offensive line in terms of run blocking. Again, I've said it 10 times, run it behind Mekhi Becton. That is my, my one big ask. Run behind that guy as much as possible because he is a road grader. But we'll see if Nathaniel Hackett gets the message. So that is our offensive side of the ball. When you look over at the defensive side of the ball, another really impressive game for the Jets' defense. Another quarterback was stifled. This time it's Aiden O'Connell, a fourth-round rookie. Hasn't played much this season, but the Jets still made him extremely uncomfortable. They sacked him three times. They got an interception. He bobbled a snap. He finished 16 of 27. Now, he did have one good touchdown drive, capped off by a big-time Michael Mayer touchdown right over Jordan Whitehead, who almost made a play on it. But Michael Mayer gets his first career touchdown, gets his feet in bounds. Aiden O'Connell leads that drive, and the Raiders get to 16 points, which is all they needed in this one to beat the Jets. The Jets weren't able to match a touchdown, believe it or not. But overall, the Jets played really well against the Raiders, and most times giving up 16 points, you're going to win the game. The Raiders were the most successful when they passed the ball or worked the ball to the outside of the defense, making Sauce Gardner, making DJ Reed, Michael Carter, or the safeties make plays. On those outside passes, you're really expecting C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams to get there really, really fast, which is a tough ask for those middle linebackers who have to read the play, diagnose, shed a block, make the tackle. A lot of things have to go right. And for the most part this season, Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley have done a great job at doing that. But the Raiders knew, going up the middle, throwing the ball deep to the outsides, they didn't have a lot of good matchups in this one. But quick, easy, high-percentage throws to the outsides, that was where they were able to find a lot of their yardage. And it was a bummer because they got the yardage they needed to pick up the 16 points to win, 
but it also makes you nervous about a team like the Dolphins coming up on Black Friday where they have weapons to get outside. And if they do it and hit those fast weapons in those screen games and C.J. Mosley or Quincy Williams aren't there to make the, the tackle, it's going to be a very difficult day for the Jets' defense. That is one of the best ways to beat our team. Obviously, the Raiders didn't do it super effectively, but they got the job done, pulled the win out. I'm still impressed with the Jets' defense. The defensive line looked really good again. We had some good pressure from our guys. We had a sack from Solomon Thomas, a sack from John Franklin Myers, and then Jermaine and Quinn split one. So that was good to see. We got a little bit of positive play from Michael Clemens for feels like the first time this season. He did get blocked pretty heavily by Jacoby Myers at one point, which was kind of embarrassing, but pretty good game from him overall. Tanzel Smart played in this game. He has since been released. I think the Jets are a little bit worried about his run defense. I think they're looking for a little bit more of a, you know, a plug. Big Al Woods style. We're never going to find a guy as big as Big Al Woods or somebody that can do the role the way a you know, almost 400-pound guy can do it. But I think they need a little bit more run defense in the middle than pass rush. So Tanzel Smart, we'll see if he makes it back to the Jets practice squad or his future Jets stays ahead. But the defensive line, overall, a good game from them. When you look at the linebackers, I mean, same sort of deal. Great game from Quincy Williams, from C.J. Mosley. Those guys are uh, effective players every single week. They were doing everything they could to try to stop this Raiders defense. C.J. Mosley had 14 tackles. Quincy Williams had seven and a tackle for a loss. Those guys were just doing their thing. Jamie and Sherwood actually played a decent number of snaps in this game and looked all right. I think the Jets were trying to go a little bit bigger. Rather than going nickel as much with Michael Carter, they go a little bit more three linebacker sets because the Raiders are obviously going to try to run the ball as much as possible. Short, quick, easy passes to keep it out of Aiden O'Connell's hands to keep him from having to stand up in the pocket and have that pass rush come and make mistakes. Try to just do easy handoffs, things of that nature. So get an extra linebacker in there. gives Jamie and Sherwood some extra snaps. When you look at the defensive backfield, I think we had another nice game from the cornerback duo, DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner. Tony Adams is... Other than that one game where he made that one big play, he's been pretty quiet all season. I'm going to give Jordan Whitehead the defensive player of the game. I know he missed a couple tackles. I know he could be a little bit cleaner on that side of things. But he finished second in the team in tackles with nine, and he had the big interception against Aiden O'Connell. He continues to make good plays when the ball is thrown in his direction. He's a pretty big-time playmaker for this Jets defense, and I think with everything we've seen on offense, we've learned about the defense that we need to get turnovers and make splash plays on that side of the ball. Because if the Jets don't do it and give themselves good field position, flip the field really quick, score on defense, whatever it is, like we need crazy stuff to happen, and it's not going to happen from anybody on offense. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall here and there. You're hoping for a miracle from a few different guys. The defensive unit is one of them. Jordan Whitehead made the play. It was uh, extremely important when it happened. It didn't obviously lead to a touchdown and uh, didn't give us what we needed, but it was a great play. Good job by Jordan Whitehead. So overall, great job by the defense. Special teams, another great job. Thomas Morstead punted really well. Xavier Gibson caught his punts. He had a really bad kick return. I wish X never took it out of the end zone. That was a really bonehead mistake in a game where we needed yardage anyway. We could get it. You don't want negative yardage. We could have had the ball to 25. Instead, we have it at the 14. So big mistake there. But the special teams player of the game is, of course, Greg Zerline, who goes 4-for-4 four four in this game. With his longest on the season of 53, 
He gets all the Jets points, and he continues to make kick after kick after kick. He's now above 95% kicking, which is an absurdly high number. He's playing like an all-pro kicker in the league, and for a team that doesn't move the ball down the field very often, asks their kicker to kick a lot and long kicks, we're lucky to have Greg Zerline. So special teams player of the game yet again for Greg Zerline. That is our offense, defense, and special teams against the Raiders. At least my thoughts on it. Now let's hear what my dad, David Burnham, has to say about this game in this week's Father Time. Obviously not a Father Time anybody really wants to have to write. My dad was like, I'll think of something. So what does he do? He gives me a Father Time rant titled, What Else Is There? This is this week's Father Time written by my dad, David Burnham. Here we go. It's hard to say it out loud, but our Jets lost to a fourth-round rookie quarterback. He had 77 passing attempts coming into this game. It's hard to hear that the Jets lost to an interim head coach who was coaching his second game. In a nutshell, this was a game for the taking. A W. This was a must-win, and the game was squandered by Uzama penalties and a foot that went out of bounds the three-yard line. And of course, missed catches by a player that is our star and central to our future. Add an offensive coordinator that won't attack the edges of the defense with our 220-pound 4-3 game-breaker, and you end up putting the game on the back of a quarterback that's not capable of shouldering a game. Stubbing collective toes in every way imaginable is unacceptable and has to be fixed. If you take away a key penalty, a missed catch, and a misstep, the complexion of the season is completely different today. But you can't take those things away. We can only look ahead. To week 11 it goes. Buffalo is a team that we can beat. They're slumping too. We've won two of the last three games against the Bills. The Jets know how to play them and play them well. With a win, the Jets are still in the wildcard conversation. And this Buffalo game is absolutely winnable. Just stop the penalties, stop the drops, stop the turnovers, and stop being predictable on offense. There's an old recipe for winning games that I've been saying for many years, and it's start fast, weather the storm, and finish strong. The time is now. Go Jets. End scene. So, wow. A big time rant by my father on this week's Father Time. And you know what? I think a lot of us are right there with him. Super, super frustrated with this offense. And the biggest thing is that we don't need many points to win. And we're so close to scoring the few points we need. But we shoot ourselves in the foot with, like he said, bad penalties, specifically Uzoma, bad drops. My favorite thing that he said in this was predictable offensive plays. He's talking about that Brees Hall. He also wants to see Brees Hall get to the outside. Like he said, the guy ran a 4'3", 222 pounds. Get him outside. Get him against those cornerbacks. He's got great, great speed and acceleration. He can outrun a linebacker coming in trying to take an angle on him. He's great at stiff arms. He can plow through a cornerback. Get him outside and, in my opinion, behind Mekhi Becton. But my dad's pissed about the penalties and the drops and the predictability. The Jets are so close to doing it, but they make a mistake every single game. And Zach Wilson, yeah, jumping out the three-yard line, he launched to the pylon, had a touchdown, we thought. If he keeps that foot in bounds, like my dad says, we could have won that game, absolutely. Those were needed points. We didn't get them. Across the board, it's just like little things here and there. And if we can clean it up just a little bit, we could have won these games. And how different this would have been at 5-4 and four, coming off a win against the Raiders going into Buffalo. It would have been a totally different complexion of the entire season. We're right freaking there, but it's just not going our way. But that doesn't mean it has to be that way for the rest of the year. Like my dad said, fix this shit. 
You're playing the Buffalo Bills. We've played them before. We've beat them. We have their number recently. I mean, does everybody remember what the Jets did to Josh Allen in week one? Obliterated that guy and made people all around the media outlets and papers and magazines and everything say Josh Allen maybe isn't ready to handle this job for the Buffalo Bills and take them to a Super Bowl. It was just one week of the season. The Jets can absolutely play great defense against him and force turnovers and get good opportunities for the offense, but the offense has to stop making mistakes, stop the drops, stop the penalties, find a way to get some freaking points, and they can win this game and get their season back on track. My dad is right. I believe in his rant entirely. I'm a 1,000% with him on this one, and uh, I appreciate the father time, Dad. We're all super frustrated. So that is this week's father time. We're going to do a quick AFC check, then a Bills preview, but first we have to do a commercial break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. Next order is a business there to talk about the AFC, the AFC East, and do a quick Bills preview. When you look at the AFC, it's crazy because the Jets obviously have squandered some really good opportunities by not playing offense. The team is now 4-5, and five, and that puts them in 13th place in the conference. You hear that and you say, it sounds like the season is lost. 13th place, only seven teams are going to make the playoffs. But when you look at the landscape of the AFC, The Chiefs are in first place with seven wins and two losses. The very first place team is only three games ahead of the Jets right now. Two teams are seven and three. You got a couple six-win teams. But then in the seventh spot of the wild card right now is the Houston Texans, who the Jets play this year and are five and four. One single game ahead of the Jets. We do get to play them. We get to play the Bills again. We get to play the Dolphins two times. There's an opportunity for sure for the Jets to pick up wins, to get right back into that wild card mix, into that top seven teams, and to maybe even make a run for the AFC East. The AFC East is being led right now by the Dolphins, who are 6-3. and three. The Buffalo Bills are half a game ahead of us at 5-5. Five and five. We play the Buffalo Bills this week in Orchard Park. If the Jets can come out with a win against them, just say, and go to 5-5, five and five, the Dolphins 
they're going to need a win to stay two games up. If they lose, they're going to be one game ahead of the Jets. Either way, two games or one game ahead of us, we play them two times, once on Black Friday and then again later in the year at Hard Rock Stadium. I know that the Dolphins on paper are a better team than the Jets, but the Dolphins have a bad defense, a really strong offense. So when you talk about a strong Dolphins offense against a strong Jets defense, who wins that battle? When you talk about you know, a bad Jets offense against a bad Dolphins defense, think to yourself, I expect the Dolphins probably to win that fight because the Jets offense can't do anything. But division games are weird. You know, in every single division, it's not just the Jets. It's every single division. It's like a team may be really, really good, but then they play a bad team in their division and they look the worst they have and a bad team can beat a good team. It's like every single year. Those are the teams that you play the most, the team that you're built to defeat, the team that you game plan the most, the team that you understand the most. So it's always a little different. If we can win those games, I'm just saying it sucks because if the Jets had won, they'd be a 5-4 and four team in the race, absolutely. When you're looking for the wild card, if you're not going to take the division, keep rooting for the AFC North to lose. The Steelers are 6-3. and three, The Browns are 6-3. and three. We do play the Browns this year, a team that I also believe we can beat. The Bengals are 5-4, and four, one game ahead of the Jets. The Texans, we need to see them lose. Looks like Jacksonville probably will take the division, although the Texans already beat them once. But we don't want a second team coming out of the AFC South. Absolutely not. And we don't want all four teams coming out of the AFC North either. If we can stay ahead of the Bills, I'm not super nervous about the AFC West, even though the Jets have already lost to the Raiders and Chargers, who are both ahead of them. The Colts, I don't see any staying power there. It's just keep rooting for the NFC to beat the AFC. Keep rooting for the AFC North to lose. And I guess let the Titans get some wins here and there. We're actually even at a point where if the Patriots could beat some of these AFC teams that aren't the Jets, get some wins on them. I mean, the Patriots are so bad at this point. They're 2-8. and eight. They're pretty close to eliminated, and we don't really want them getting the first or second overall pick either. So as much as I hate to see Bill Belichick get wins, you know, it does potentially help the Jets, but the thing is the Jets have to win, right? We can talk every single week about how the Jets are right there, right in the mix, but we continue to lose. We're on a two-game losing streak right now. We can't start winning games. We're not going to make it to the playoffs with four wins. So we got to find more. So that is the AFC playoff picture. The last order of business is to talk about the Buffalo Bills, who are currently reeling just like the Jets. The Bills are 5-5, half a game ahead of the Jets, and the Jets already beat the Bills once. I would say the Jets have the Bills number from what we've seen from them in the past, but obviously a lot of things go into this. The Bills on their two-game losing streak decided to fire Ken Dorsey today and go with interim offensive coordinator Joe Brady. This is something that the Jets obviously have not done yet. They haven't fired their offensive coordinator. They haven't fired any coaching staff or anything to try to get things together because the difference between the Jets and the Bills, even though they have basically the same record, is the Jets are playing a backup quarterback and a lot of backup players. But the Bills are playing their hopeful Super Bowl-caliber team right now. They are missing some big-time players. They played without Micah Hyde. They don't have Matt Milano. They've got definitely some injuries on their team that are affecting them. Right, Matt Milano is one of the best defensive players in the league and a guy that really gives the Jets fits. He's not playing against us, so that's a good thing. But the Bills are playing with their full cast for the most part, and they're unable to get over 500 right now. This team looks like it's taking steps back, not steps forward. So they fire their offensive coordinator, They're trying to get this season back on track. They're going to be playing a brand new offensive coordinator next week against the Jets. 
So what does that look like? I guess the question is, how much control does the offensive coordinator have? And how much of a game plan does Joe Brady have against the Jets? And how much of this offense is just in Josh Allen's hands? After Josh Allen's four- or five-year career, how much of this offense is basically just, Josh, do what you do? Because that's what it feels like we're watching a lot of the time. Get up there, make your throws, hit stuff on digs, run if you have to, be a hero. And when it wins, they're happy with it. And when they lose, they're not happy with it. And for the most part, the Buffalo Bills have been successful over the past few years with Josh Allen. This is the first year that it's really starting to take a big toll and potentially take them out of the playoff race. If the Jets can get a second win against them, have the season sweep against the Bills, beating them at home with Josh Allen playing against our backup quarterback, Zach Wilson, that's going to put us ahead of them. That's going to make us feel really, really good. That's going to get this season back on track the way that we need it to be. So this is a huge, huge opportunity for the Jets. Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions. He leads the league in fumbles lost. The Jets thrive on takeaways. If we can't score on offense, let's score on defense. Or let's set our offense up on the 15-yard line, 20-yard line, already in field goal range, already in the red zone. That's how you can get easy, cheap points for an offense that can't do it themselves. And Josh Allen's the guy that throws the ball to the other team, that drops the ball. Now, he's only been sacked 13 times this season. The only starting quarterback that's been sacked less than Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. So the Jets are going to have to find a way to get after him. The Bills have a pretty good offensive line. Josh Allen's pretty hard to take down, and he runs and scrambles out of the pocket pretty well. But the Jets in the past have had a really good game plan against him. Spying him with Bryce Huff, with Jermaine Johnson, keeping him in the pocket. Quincy Williams is fast enough to close on him if he takes an edge, I think. And probably a scary guy that you don't want to get hit from. And then just cover Stephon Diggs, who's the real main weapon for them. Don't let James Cook get, get going in this game. If they're going to try to lean on James Cook, punch that ball out because that guy fumbles a lot. And I don't know. I mean, I'm crazy because I think the Jets are going to win this one. I've got a prediction for this game, 20-16 to 16 Jets win. And I'm crazy because how the hell did the Jets score 20 points? We couldn't do it against the Chargers. We couldn't do it against the Raiders. Those two defenses are certainly worse than the Bills. But still, the way that we play this Bills team and the way Josh Allen allows our defense to be the best version of it when we play them well, that's what gives me hope. That's what makes me feel like we can do this. We can get to 500 on the season. We can look at that Black Friday game against the Dolphins and say, you know what, if we beat the Dolphins here, this could be our division. It's crazy to think about considering the state of this offense, but if there's one thing we've learned about this Jets team, it's that they're extremely, extremely inconsistent and that they can play really, really well against a team like the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Bills, and beat the Broncos, who appear to be a decent team. But then they can look so bad against the Giants and the Raiders. And it's hard to get your finger on it, but what you do know is to almost expect the unexpected. And if you think the Bills are a much better team and the Dolphins are a much better team than the Jets, then I wouldn't count them out. Because they've shown up in games when we should have counted them out, and they haven't shown up in games when we don't count them out. It's a... It's been really up and down, but we have an opportunity here against a division rival. So let's get business done in Orchard Park. I can't wait for next week's podcast. If the Jets win, it would be fun to do another winning version. And the Jets are back at 500 looking at that Black Friday game, which, by the way, I'm going to with roommate Colin, a group of the boys. Hopefully good days ahead. This season is hanging on by a thread. But because of the AFC, it's still very much alive. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. That's all I got. I'm Dan Burnham. And this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 